0: All right, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Gluck, and I'm here with Alan Kavanaugh from Fox Sports. Alan,
1: I have sat my ass down in this chair. That's an ode to Chris Knight from last week's podcast. Oh, <laughs> you sat my ass down, and I am not leaving until we are done with this podcast. Okay.
0: Well, I appreciate that, Alan. Yeah, uh, Chris Knight was was fired up with some hot takes last week. Do you have any hot takes that you want to contribute right off the bat here?
1: I don't have any hot takes other than, um, let's see, my hottest take is that Kevin Harvick has won two in a row, and we go to a track next week where he's had pretty limited success. So I think uh, the field should be scared. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm joking. <laughs>
0: yes, no, I, I totally agree with you, though. I mean, um, uh-oh is my hot take. I think, you know, and this is so funny because, okay, I, I after Atlanta, I wanted to make all these conclusions, jump to all these conclusions. Wow, the Fords are impressive, and Kevin Harvick is really good. Everybody goes, no, 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 this, Atlanta's an outlier. It's totally different because of the tires and blah, 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 blah. Okay, now what, everybody? Now what? Today now- is about as traditional as you can get in
1: terms of, you know, arrow racing, maybe if you will, track position racing, mile and a half, if you will, and... And Kevin Harvick dominated. I mean, I sent a tweet out after he won the first stage. Like, that was, you know, a butt kick in an ass I think I wrote. And then I retweeted the same thing after he won stage two. And uh, I should just tweet the same thing and just change it to, that was a butt kicking of a race uh, by Kevin Harvick. I mean, there was never really a question, even from lap one. I think Blaney may have led lap one. I'm not quite sure. But then it was Harvick after that the whole time.
0: Yeah. Um, And, you know, fans were... um... (laughs) I don't think they seem very happy on Twitter. We can get a little bit later into what the Was the Good Race poll will be, but it was really a a total butt-stomping. What was the bigger butt-stomping, this or Atlanta? Oh,
1: I think this, just because he got both stage wins.
0: Yeah. Um, it really was from start I, to finish. Yeah, total. I don't know if
1: either were in question, really. Yeah. It, you know, coming down to pit stops, that's the only time he lost track position the whole time was with a pit stop issue. And it did show you, though, I mean, he, it's not like he went out there and drove past everybody when he was, you know, fifth or sixth or what have you. So it just shows you, I mean, Brad Keselowski at one point was calling on the radio. I think he said, you know, if you get me in the lead, I'll drive away from these guys. It was all about track position and arrow, which I I know are things people hate to hear sometimes, but that 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 was the issue today at least.
0: It did seem like clean air reared its dirty, ugly head um, because what Harvick was on the radio complaining when he was in traffic, and it was really only the fact that he got that track position back because I think Logano took two tires and then he got easily passed on that last restart there, um, and that and then just Harvick drove away and it was never challenged again. So. Yeah, I I mean, gosh, I I don't want to spend too much time even really talking about Harvick because I feel (laughs) like people that – Watch the race, and if they're wanting to listen to the podcast, they're like, "Well, I'm, I've had enough of this." But and it's going to be a long season for everybody if that's the case because he already has 13 playoff points.
1: That's what I was going to get to. I mean, we don't have to talk about like his performance in the race. We don't have to overdo that because it was such a butt kicking. But just the incentive now. I mean, we saw it last year, and the second time around, we're just going to really see the emphasis on it, how important it can still be for Kevin Harvick to continue <laughs> dominating. Because again, you just said 13 playoff points already, um, it, you know, it's something similar to what Truex did last year. And if that was our first ink, you know, inkling or understanding of it, teams have it down pat now and how important all those
0: points are. So, Alan, let's talk about why this is happening. And um, I actually want to play a little clip of Brad Kozlowski. You haven't heard this yet, but I want to play a little clip for the listeners of what Brad Kozlowski says is happening and what's going on and why this is all taking place.
2: I think my initial reaction is that uh, without a full data set it, it seems to uh, imply that uh, you know, the field's been eaten out a little bit. Or at least the bounce has been shifted. Um, you know, I thought the four car was really good at the end of last year as well. And then, like I said, I didn't think we were on an equal playing field. So, you know, I think we got to an equal playing field and he showed to be as strong as probably should have been it last year. Um, that's my initial reaction. So, but when, when looking
0: know. for reasons for that, is it, you know, how much should we all attribute that to the inspection? I mean, is it as simple as saying, hey, that's that's why things are evened out more?
2: My, you know, my initial impression is yes. And I, I don't want to be married to that answer.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, but my initial impression is yes. We felt all along that if. The cars were held to the gold standard, which is the submittal, it's kind of the code word for the submittal, that the playing field would be level. And we didn't feel like that was the case last year, which was why we pushed really hard for the system so that everybody was racing what they were supposed to be racing. Yeah. Um, so my initial reaction is probably, but I'm not entirely certain.
0: So, yeah, so Brad Keselowski there is saying... Basically, that Hartvick was... Uh, overperforming, and now he's performing to what he should have been even last season. Interesting. And we saw what happened last year at Homestead. I
1: think Homestead right. last year was really a great microcosm of the entire season. The Toyotas out there, out front, getting the win, getting the championship. And Harvick, you know, there, but being the best Ford, and Kieslowski, you know, being as talented and as good as the Penske team is, you know, finishing up there in fourth. And I think that was a microcosm of the season. So for him to say that, that's a big uh, compliment. It's very, uh, I think it's eye-opening, if you will, to, to understand what kind of... Of performance, Stuart Haas Racing is uh, the potential they have, especially if Kieslowski saying it about another team.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, you know, the, the OSS system, whatever, Hawkeye, uh, I guess not Hawkeye because Kyle Busch said that Bob Pockers was going to be fined $1 for asking <laughs> about Hawkeye in the post-race press conference. But whatever you want to call the big black tent, it's apparently making enough of a difference. And then um, you're seeing most teams easily breeze through. Obviously, Truex was caught. Um, at Atlanta pre-qualifying inspection, but then when it came to the race, they got right through. Yep. Nobody really had too much of a problem in um, pre-qualifying inspection here at Vegas. And then Jimmy Johnson had problems, had to start at the back um, today. So, But it seems like if teams know, they, they can make it through. Absolutely, it's not inconsistent or whatever like it was last year. Look,
1: I mean, let's be clear. I mean, when when a car goes through and doesn't pass, I won't say ever illegal, but if it fails and they they know exactly Exactly. what's wrong with it because they go back and they fix it, you know what I mean? And they fix it quickly because they know what they've done to manipulate it to make it out of whack. They they know the exact problem. It's never a mystery. I don't think to any of these teams when they're told they haven't passed a certain part of inspection. Not anymore. Not not at all. Not at all. They know what they're trying to do. I mean. I mean, these are smart, smart engineers, and don't put it past them. They—they they know what they're just trying to. They're trying to push. It's still early in the season. They're right. trying to Push the limits, learn the limits, and, and we see teams evolve and cars evolve so quickly now that that right now, yes, Harvick and them, they may have an advantage. It won't last, you know, forever. Uh, that's just how this stuff rolls. And I think the West Coast, you know, the beginning of the season, uh, the fact that it's you know three West Coast races in a row. A lot of teams you hear. You know, after that they'll get back to building their cars, fixing stuff they've learned. But it, it might be a few weeks of uh, domination for the four car. But I think it's a good thing. I, I think you know it, the, the Black 10, if it's bringing, if it's equalizing the competition in terms of an advantage, I, I think that's ultimately a good thing. I just wish we saw better racing out out there it, to see that uh, you know manifest itself out on the racetrack with some more passing.
0: <laughs> right. No, I, I agree with that, and I think what. You know, is sort of important to point out is I don't necessarily think the Toyotas have lost anything as far as speed. I mean, Truex is still fast. Kyle Bush is still yep, fast second today. Um, so they're still up there. And then, you know, I, I just think maybe this has helped the Fords catch up. Um, so I don't know that it's like it's uh it's given them anything they didn't have before. It's it's that the rules are being. You know, Kevin Harvick said before this race. The rules are the same, but they're being interpreted and enforced differently Mm -hmm. to make it more fair. So, I know a lot of fans out there are going to be like, "Well, this is you know they they may not like this depending on how it affects their driver." But personally, I like it because I'm a very big stickler for rules, and if somebody says these are the rules, I like knowing that they are being enforced fairly and evenly for everybody. It's weird philosophically. Stay with me here. Like say,
1: like the Toyotas had their thing last year, and what they were doing, whatever you know, they whatever their secret was. Was that only available to do on a Toyota? You know what I mean? Do the Ford teams, like Penske and all them, do they know exactly what the Toyotas were doing last year and they couldn't do it to their cars? Or is it just that they never knew the secret and just now that we have the new system... Uh, suddenly Toyota can't do whatever they were doing. It just makes me wonder if Penske or whoever knew what they were doing to their cars, but you couldn't do it to yours because it was a Ford, and they didn't have the same parts or what have you. It just makes me wonder.
0: No, that's a really good point, though. And and part of it is the cars, and part of it, I think, is what they're doing. Because, like, Jimmy Johnson, after the race today, I went down and talked to him, and he was saying that part of their struggle so far, it's not necessarily the Camaro. Part of it is they're seeing the exact same things that were plaguing them last year. Mm. So he said they got to do stuff underneath their car, to the underneath part of their car, which is where they got behind last year. He said that's exactly where part of the reason they're behind this year. Now they do have, there is some improvements they can make on the Camaro and all that kind of stuff, but that is part of why they've been not not as fast. Interesting. Um, let's talk about Jimmy though for a minute because yeah, he said I feel
1: like the Hendrick story will be a big story on Race Hub this week.
0: Yeah. Why? Well, just cause look at, I mean,
1: they, Jimmy Johnson needed to move, uh, you know, heaven and earth at times to to come back with a really great finish to get back on the lead lap and 12. Uh, fin- and come back and finish 12th. That was a huge improvement for him throughout the day. I mean, they fought to do it because they were down laps early all of them uh, you know Byron Bowman Johnson I, you know I know Johnson had to start in the back but you know we were 25 laps plus in and he was still about 28th I think something like that um you know he was just mired back there so this the speed wasn't there you know we've seen Truex I think in Atlanta start in the back not a problem you know what I mean uh I just think those struggles for a team is traditionally strong as Hendrick will, you know, have the magnifier on them again this week.
0: Right. I, I agree with that. You know, it was interesting. He, he kind of admitted afterwards after the race that, um, he's been driving over his head. Like he's been driving wow. more than hundred percent and he's been wrecking more cars in these <laughs> recent races than he's wrecked in his whole career. And he said today, he just was like, you know what, I'm just going to drive what the car can give me, go back to that way of doing things. I, he, he was trying to make up the difference himself. Basically. And nobody can do that with these cars. Not these
1: cars. Not even the great Jimmy Johnson. It's very humbling
0: to understand that. Right. I I have to imagine for the seven time champion not to be able to do that. And I think that's why drivers get frustrated. You know, you can say over the last decade now with NASCAR at times is like, you know, you go to a dirt car or something like that and you can manhandle it and wheel it and will it to where you want it to go. But a stock car, if you overdrive it, there's only so much you can do. And you just, you know, it's, it's, you know, nobody likes to hear it, but the oh, I'll just take what it gave me kind of thing, and it let let the car do what it can do. Um, Jimmy did move up to 29th in points,
1: behind Casey
0: Kane, behind the old Casey Hedger Kane driver, which is funny. Behind David Reagan, who's 26. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of the, the the points are very interesting right now. So Harvick, obviously, obviously the points leader, although only by three. Then you have <laughs> Joey Logano. Ryan Blaney, Martin Truex Jr., Kyle Busch, Kyle Larson, Brad Keselowski. No real surprises there. No. The biggest, I think, surprise might be Paul Menard in ninth. Menard ran well all day. Yeah, and we've they seen got a top ten. We've seen him make a, a a playoff before, and certainly with better equipment, I would think, in the 21
1: car, and that's. That's what you would expect out of the 21 car and maybe Menard driving to its potential and his potential. I mean, you want you expect you're going to start expecting to see top 10. That's what Blaney did last year. And if so, if if that it falls off, they're going to point at the driver switch as to why. So a top 10, Paul Menard, he he's really good at this track. A few years ago, he finished third, I think. So uh, this is one of his better tracks, I would believe, when it comes to mile and a half. So that's a good uh, early. Early start for him. Uh, I think, who else? Eric Almirola, he snuck into the top ten at the he end of the race. Yep. So uh, that's three finishes about, I think, 11th, 13th, and 10th. Pretty good for him to start off that way. Uh, and potential of the 10 car. So, you know, they're, Stuart Haas as a whole is doing really well.
0: Yeah, and Boyer should have been. Boyer was running decent for part of the day, and then he got caught a lap down, and he could never really rally from that. He's 11th in points, Almirola 12th, Kurt Busch 13th. Bubba Wallace is 15th in points. Yeah, not bad. So. And,
1: and he finished 21st in in Vegas and I want to say, look, I didn't monitor him throughout the whole race, but I mean, finishing 21st, that was probably about the best he was running for most of the day. Where did he start? 26th yeah. and um He didn't run, you know, it's not like he was running 14th, 15th for most of the day and fell to 21st. So, anytime your best part of the day is right at the end, I I think you could at least take a positive out of that. Uh, I think 21st was about the best he was running all day. So, so that's good. I mean, that's what they need to do to maximize their days, good or bad.
0: Byron sort of made a comeback despite being three laps down. I think he finished somewhere in the mid 20s. 27th, yeah. Oh, 27th, yeah. Yeah. I thought he was running up toward 24th at the time. I mean, he was way back there like 32nd though for a while yeah. Mean, yeah they were having they were really struggling we've
1: seen it before with him maybe not so much in the truck series but you know th- there's initial struggles every time you move up and i think we've seen him adapt quick i think uh, i would look forward to talking with him but i mean i guess they always say the step from like xfinity to cup is the hardest one you will ever do i think we're seeing that with uh young william that you know to start the season just hasn't been great got caught up in daytona and just uh it, you know it's not like he crashed and finished 27th that was a struggle to finish 27. That, that that's how they ran throughout the day. So, uh, some work to do there.
0: Well, speaking of what you said about how Hendrick is, you know, has work to do and and all that stuff. Um, the highest Hendrick driver in points right now is Alex Bowman in 17th. That's surprising. I would have. Bet a lot of
1: money in here in Vegas that it would be Chase Elliott, but I guess... Chase you, Elliott,
0: 21st in points. Yep,
1: I guess when you think the crash in Daytona and the crash here today in Vegas, early, fairly early in the race, that that's interesting. He, Elliott's running
0: best, he's just not finishing best. Right, he's clearly the top Hendrick driver. Yes. But, yeah, he's not getting the finishes. Obviously, it's only three races, but... Um, I don't know. This is this is kind of shaping up to be a weird season a little bit. Like you have the familiar names at the top that you're nobody's really super surprising. Uh, obviously, Austin Dillon made the playoffs, but um, the way things are going, you know, it's it's sort of like I think it's going to be a lot more parody. Even though Kevin Harvick has dominated these first two races, I still feel like there's going to be I don't I don't I'm not going to go say he's going to do this the whole year. I think other teams are going to catch up.
1: Yeah, certainly they will catch up. And we see that every year. You know, there was that year Joe Gibbs didn't win you know, for 18 plus races and we're like, "What happened?" And then uh well, I think Kyle Busch won the championship that year. You know, it was crazy. And then even last year Kevin Harvick didn't win till I think Sonoma and there he was in the final four and having a great final 10 races. So um that's what we forget is that it is a very long season, but the fact that there is a carrot out there still for Kevin Harvick to you know, uh, get these playoff points and also prevent others from getting them. I mean, he's thinking about it that way as well. That's, again, something we saw last year for the first time, but I think the mindset will really start switching with fans in terms of what he's doing by running up front. All you know, He's not just dominating. He's also preparing himself for the playoff.
0: Yeah, and I mean, so Harvick is the best Ford, but I would also say, you know, Logano, Blaney, Keselowski are are looking decent. Um, Larson's the best Chevy, uh, I would say, but uh, Elliott's also up there. So you kind of have the Larson and Elliott thing, just like last year. Mm -hmm. And then the same Toyotas, you know, Truex, Kyle Busch, Hamlin, um, and that's your top eight in points. We just described your top eight in points. Hmm. So, no new players. Yeah, it is kind of odd. I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. But I just feel like there's going to be – I feel like we're going to have a lot of uh, – a lot more rising and falling this year as we try to – you know, because the, the manufacturer parity has definitely improved. And I, I, I guess going back to that, that inspection thing, um, NASCAR keeping these guys honest. One, one thing we didn't touch on, I think the splitter. Has I didn't realize this till this weekend, but apparently it's a common splitter now, Mm -hmm. and they have to buy it from a yes, Yes.
1: less manipulation, and uh, because teams were figuring out ways to shave it down and all that stuff. So exactly, I I guess yeah, common splitter makes it equal for everybody.
0: You you have to get it from a supplier, and I think teams were doing stuff. Probably the Toyotas were doing stuff with the splitter last year. Now they can't do it anymore, so that's probably even things out a little bit. as well as whatever's happening underneath the car that is still a mystery to me that I think the Toyotas are so good at, especially Truex and Colpern. So, yeah. I want, I want another player to evolve. evolve like emerge. a new person? Yeah, yeah. Well, well, you could say Blaney's somewhat new That's player. what I was going to point out.
1: Yeah. You know, give Blaney three or four wins. Like, let him emerge as a player. Like, that's, a, you know, insert a little fresh blood in here. Tim and Chase Elliott, you know, look, they were playoff. They're playoff caliber drivers. We know they can win, but they just haven't, you know, they haven't won in those drove numbers yet. I think that will help mix up this season and define it a little more from ne- from last year if they can start getting to victory lane. Certainly Blaney's doing well
0: enough. Chase Elliott has shown the speed, but... um, He'll get up there from 21st in points. I said that was the top eight, but I I forgot that Elliott was down there 21st. Something
1: to look at. I pointed out on Race Hub this week. I mean, just look back after the West Coast swing and look at the points, because generally, I mean... I hate to say that early in the season, but the numbers just show it's a good indication of who's put themselves in playoff position uh, when you look at the points right after the West Coast Swing. So obviously, wins can change everything, but when it comes to the solid uh, breakdown of who the 16 will be, you have a really good indication. I'm talking about like nine or ten drivers, <laughs> uh, almost not locking their spot in, but it's very similar when you look at after the West Coast Swing, who ends up making the playoffs. So uh, these races early are, are very important.
0: Yeah. So talking about the quality of the race, um, aside from not letting Harvick dominate, which I don't know how you could do, uh, is there anything that NASCAR could have done differently to make this a better race or any,
1: anything? I don't think so. I mean, that that's a huge, philosophical, billion-dollar question. I mean, we you know I did the truck race Friday night, and that was awesome. I, yeah. I mean, there was dr- almost drafting-like uh, action you know at a mile and a half and it was really good racing passing for the lead uh you know you were able to catch people and and put on a show uh i you know i don't know how you how you put that in the cup series i mean that's well beyond my uh, expertise but uh i think we saw a great show on friday night in terms of just action up front and uh i i think it's always evolving but sometimes you get domination like we saw in vegas Yeah,
0: and, and, you know, um, at the tweet up this morning, I was talking to a bunch of fans about how much they love that truck race, and I said, yeah, but, you know, would you like that if it was Cup, because then it takes the talent out of it, you know, because they're just holding it wide open and drafting, and they're like, yeah, we'd like that in Cup, that'd be great. Like, they they don't care at all that that's, it's not, quote, I'm using air quotes, pure racing or whatever, where you really have to lift and all stuff, I mean, because the truck guys are just, you know. Um, that was my impression of holding it wide open. Nice, but um, I don't know. So, but uh, you know, I ask people to guess each week what the was it a good race poll will be mm. tomorrow. Um, right now, I'm three and zero. Oh. Uh, I've I've defeated everybody so far.
1: How how do you measure your well? Who's ever race? closest oh, to gotcha. the? Yes, no prices
0: right rules. Just strictly gotcha. who's closest. What was
1: Atlanta? Can you tell me that? I think it was fifty six. Seven, Ooh. I think it was fifty. I want to say fifty-seven. Then I'll I'll put it right at that. Then I'll say
0: fifty-seven again. Really? Yeah, I think it's going to be much lower this time. Lower. What was yeah. what was so great about Atlanta? <laughs> um, <laughs> I think maybe the fact that Harvick had to come from the back, yeah. and people like to like they just like the worn tires kind of thing, or the st- there was some different strategies. This seemed more of a butt whooping. So I think I'm going to go more toward like. Ooh, like forty percent. Oh, Fine, then I'll go lower to forty-eight. Then. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. You're I'll go with Jimmy me. Johnson. Okay, so you pick forty-eight percent. I low. 40%. It was that bad. I didn't mind it. I mean, you no. and I were sitting up at the press box watching it. I was kind of entertained. Um, you know, I didn't. I didn't think it was a bad. Well, yeah, I guess it, it kind of was a bad race. I mean, it was. It was a butt whooping. It was. That's the thing. It was. It's not like the you know if if one car and it just that's just cuz one guy stank up the show though like again i don't i i don't think that the racing's been bad overall i don't think it's that is doing anything wrong but i don't know i just i think when you have a guy completely dominate a race and if you're watching at home you're just kind of like uh eh. yep you you not, i mean my mother,
1: my mother shout out to her
0: she's a huge Harvick fan so she loved it race. Do you oh, know okay. what i mean so, so yeah yes. oh she loved so it yes <laughs> All right, well, um, Alan, I know you don't have, like, a website to plug or anything. Where where's, where are people going to see you uh, this week?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. follow me on Twitter, Instagram, at Copacabana. I'll be on Race Hub, I think, Thursday, and then uh, a little break from track action because I've been on trucks to start the season, so I'll be back at the track at Martinsville, and I think I may just go hang with my wife. It's going to be great. Oh, that's yeah. nice. Yes, my beautiful, lovely wife down in Atlanta, so I'll spend next weekend uh, there.
0: Okay, it'll well, be great. I'll be in Phoenix thinking of you. Oh, thank you, thank yep. you. Uh huh. <laughs> um, Alan, we need a hashtag. Um, to so people can talk to us about the, the the podcast. Oh. So um, you know, something that's unique to this podcast, maybe like um.
1: Oh, uh, we went out for dinner last night. We saw Jeff Leopard the band. I don't think anyone's ever hashtag Jeff Leopard, <laughs> but
0: that's just a we would see Noah Greg Noah Gregson. Has been talking about this restaurant in Vegas. He's from Vegas. He's been talking about Le Thai. So, you know, I was bored and I had texted you and I wanted to go to dinner. You were bored. So I'm like, let's go to Le Thai uh-huh. on Fremont Street. And we were walking around because there was a wait because it was a popular place. I don't know if it's thanks to Noah Gregson or not. But <laughs> um, so we're walking around and, you know, we're walking down Fremont Street and Jeff Leppard, J- just J E F. Yep. Jeff Leppard, the band, was playing cover band for <laughs> Def Leppard. Um, we were playing other cover songs, too.
1: So it was, it was as you can imagine, in Vegas, it was quite the interesting site. Yes. So we can just do... How about, what about Vegas Beatdown? Do you think that's hashtag, hashtag? Vegas Beatdown? Yeah. Okay. you think that's ever been a hashtag? I hope That's not. probably
0: easier to spell than Jeff Leopard anyway. Yes. I wouldn't okay. want people getting confused. Hashtag
1: okay. Vegas Beatdown.
0: Okay. I like it. Well, Alan, thanks for joining us. And uh, for the rest of you, we have a 12 questions with Alex Bowman coming up on tuesday and then a how i made it with jordan anderson who you've interviewed alan very cool a great story and it can't be told enough
1: because there's not even just, there's always so much detail to the things that he will do that you can't tell his story enough and not be surprised so i can't wait to hear uh hear his version and
0: uh, what he tells you yeah i hope people will like it and then it's off to phoenix where i'll have to find a replacement for alan since he won't be there But uh, anyway, thanks everybody for listening, and we'll talk to you next time on the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast.